0: Channel F, the one with all the fun. The Fairchild Video Entertainment System at your larger JCPenney. The home entertainment system that never gets old. Plug in a new video card and change the fun. Hello, everyone. We're going to talk about video cart number four, Spitfire on the Fairchild today. So how you doing this morning, Mr.
1: Scott? Frickin' fabulous, man. Um, anybody who knows aviation, as much as I love video games, and uh, spent the day yesterday, uh, just 20 minutes down the road at an amazing air show. There was, of course, present uh, all manner of stuff, DC, dc-3 a B-25 bomber, uh, more Texans than you can shake a stick at, a uh, Avenger, uh, you know, uh, a torpedo bomber, you know, and, uh, oh, God, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I was just commenting to a friend of mine while we were there, it's amazing to think we once had presidents torpedo bombers into action against Japanese ships. <laughs> now we get community organizers. What a radical departure. But I tell you what, it was great to see, you know, just what kind of aviation this this country used to be able to produce. And, um, you know, watching, uh, you know, uh, some of the foreigns, too, like the Percival Provost, you know, mm-hmm. um, just uh, a tremendous uh, selection of aircraft. And the, the crown jewel of the whole show, of course, was uh, – a fellow that owns the world's only privately owned Harrier, and you know he brings that sucker down there to Culpepper. And because I missed the air show, like every you know year for the last four years, yeah. And because uh, it's either I didn't know what was going on that weekend, or I I you know got back from work, you know right you know at the end of the day, and there's no point in going. And, but I would always see the L thirty nine jet and the uh, Harrier. Come flying right over my house and turn, uh, you know, south uh, east towards uh, Saint Mary, where the plane's based at. And I've seen Harriers up close and all, like at, you know, at Oshkosh and all. And it's just an amazing thing to watch, you know, a jet hover there in, in a you know fixed point in space. And then uh, on the way back, uh, we were fighting bad weather the whole way in and out, you know. But on the way back, uh, sure enough, there goes a spitfire and a uh, Texan drilling through the sky. And, and the sound of that spitfire is just, uh, you know, uh, it's like, you know, that feeling you get when, when something surprises you really well and the hair on your <laughs> neck stands up and get that chill down your bones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's like doing one of those um you know it's funny because in america you know we have the mustang that's our you know yep. national heroes is the p51 and in england there's the uh the spitfire sort of theirs you know the, and and the argument, which is the better plane if you think the whole mustang camaro thing is ridiculous and it is <laughs> the spitfire mustang thing man oh man but uh you know they're, they're not that far apart they shared a similar engine the uh the Spitfire started off the war, you know, first and more advanced, and the Mustang came along with more advanced systems and all that. But uh, both fine aircraft. But, yeah, just it's funny. Here we are the day before recording Spitfire. I uh, uh, see one in action. So uh, uh, what, what a, uh, an omen, if you will. Oh, yeah, that's
0: awesome, man. Well, one of the interesting things, uh, you know, looking at the box art on this game, it's called Spitfire. But in the game instructions, it refers to flying, you know, the biplanes. Because you have the Red Baron and the Blue Max. So that's yeah, kind of, I that's think kind of they, whoever
1: did that maybe was an aviation aficionado. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and even the pictures on the box shows uh, World War II aircraft. It doesn't show any biplanes. So it's, it's kind of funny how they, you know, did that.
1: Well, you know, um, it, the way I see it is, is, you know, a lot of these guys are video game designers, and I run into people. I mean, I know that I really like aviation. I know that many, many people don't know or don't care. Like, uh, say sports. Okay, if I I know as much about uh, sports as many people know about aviation, which is zero. And sort of the the you know the joke around the neighborhood is is hey man, you watching the Super Bowl? And, and I always say yeah, only the first innings though. And, you know, it, it. I, I literally, I never followed sports. I don't know anything about sports. So if let's say I were a competent programmer and I were to create a video game, you know, and I knew that sports was a hot thing, right? Yeah. I would probably create something called, you know, sports ball and, and, and it would be just random. She would say, what is this? You know, <laughs> you have on the picture a uh, football, but they're playing by soccer rules. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, yeah, not you know, not every game designer is gonna be tasked with creating a historically correct uh simulator, which is one of the really cool things I do like about B seventeen bomber. We were at uh uh the alumni dinner there at uh, Classic Gaming Expo this year. I was talking with John Saul, uh one of the guys that did most of the work on uh, much of the work on B seventeen bomber for the B-Bomber. Intellivision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 um it was uh Funny because we were talking about the instruments and, and and he asked me A little bit about this before um, The uh, instruments on the B-17, the tremendous effort he put Into making those instruments work And, you know, I told him, I said You realize that a third of those instruments Would have just had a placard over it that says In-op, you could have just done that And no one would have known the difference It would have been more historically accurate <laughs> He's like, "Now nah, you tell me <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah You know, so it's a neat, um It's a thing to think about that, you know, okay, video game designers, you know, uh, you know, I guess sports fans would pick apart sports inaccuracies. I mean, here on the cover, I'm looking at it. There is what looks to be a somewhat credible, credible Spitfire going up against something that either looks like a Falk Wolf 104 or a zero or an 86 Texan. They're both kind of just generic World War II era planes. But yeah, then to bring up the Red Baron. But okay, I, you know, in all fairness, I guess what I'm trying to say is this. You ask your average person what war did the war- red baron you know uh, uh fly in and and they would have no idea
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, another thing
0: interesting about this game is you know they have the red baron going to get the blue max those are two german uh pilots
1: well sort of the uh red baron was some of a uh, americanized um, popular name for manfred von richthofen who flew somewhat uh, uh briefly as i recall the the Fokker DR1 yes but the majority of the time he actually flew D7s and 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 uh um D uh 9s he he didn't necessarily fly the, the DR1 the whole time by any means so you know he was known you know of that and interesting thing the, the blue max is actually an award mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like, like you no, know, and they were on the same side. I mean, you know, the Blue Max was given by the German yep. <laughs> Air Force to his pilots. So that would be like saying, you know, one of our greatest pilots ever, and and he doesn't get uh, repeated often enough. He recently passed away, was a fellow by the name of Joe Foss. Joe Foss mm. fought in the Pacific, flew Corsairs out until they were shot out from under him. Then he swam back and got another one and went out <laughs> and did the same thing <laughs> repeatedly. And he killed a lot of Japanese, you know. Wow. Um, he, people like Joe Foss is, you know, how the Pacific was won, but, um, it would be like saying that, you know, Joe Foss, uh, fought the, uh, Congressional Medal of Honor. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> 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 Joe Foss versus the, you know, meritorious service medal. It, oh it's it's sort gosh. of, it's just a asinine concoction of terms.
0: Well, do you know? But, who- yeah. You've
1: got World War One, World War II. It's all mixed together. Do you
0: know who was the first one to get awarded the Blue Max?
1: Um, I would like to say it was Hans Udette, but I'm not sure.
0: It was actually the. It, there's actually an aerobatic maneuver named after the guy, Max Immelman.
1: Okay, okay, yeah.
0: Who uh, came I up with the Immelman turn?
1: Udette. Yeah, U- Udette was another guy that. Um, see, he was actually a a well, arg. It, you know, all things are all comparative, but he was arguably a much better pilot than uh, Richtovin. But the thing is, he uh, he wasn't uh, you know he was a short little pudgy guy that could fly the hell out of an airplane. He wasn't you know uh, photogenic, right? Yeah. So what happened was uh, Richtovin got all the credit, and Udet. More success and he was bitter about that he died you know <laughs> you no know, he was the you know the real hero of the german uh you know air effort in world War one and that you know upstart just came along and you know posed for the cameras he would say so but yeah you know it, it got me you know it's a world war one game it's a world war two game doesn't much matter it, no. it, it's you know for for me growing up i went to like you know air shows constantly right like we would go up to uh wisconsin to uh Air Venture, the EAAs show up there at Oshkosh, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the biggest air shows in the world. And that's the kind of thing where, you know, I would go up there and, you know, today they, they somewhat baby. Like I saw a cheeto which is a, a B 25, and he was flying it by far the most aggressive of all of them. Most of them are up there babying the planes. Like, you know, yeah, they'll give it some turn and some bang. But, you know, they're especially the engines, they're baby, and they're, 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 they're you know, running them at one-half capacity. You know, what used to be a 440-mile-an-hour pass is now a 200-mile-per-hour pass because they, you know, well, the engines cost a fortune to overhaul, and you can't find the parts. So, you know, back, you know, 30, 40 years ago, parts were plentiful for World War II aircraft, you know. Uh, you know, there was, you know, that they had used the engines like the Allison V-12s and a lot of the hydrofoils of the 50s and 60s so those engines were all getting sold back to the aviation community but you know you could run the hell out of these things and they were only worth maybe 250,000 dollars 300,000 maybe a half mil now you're talking you know two to unlimited you know uh you know a nice mustang run you two to three maybe even four mil depending on you know type condition all that you've got this You know, incredible rarity. So they're out there babying these things around instead of, you know, when I was a kid going to Oshkosh, you know, the Spitfire and the Mustang would be at the same time just going, you know, balls out, you know, using the full, you know, reserve power past the throttle stops. And, you know, and and, and so it was a whole different era to see these World War II aircraft in. But, you know, growing up as, you know, a kid that would do that, I would come back and maybe I would get, you know, any kind of World War II Uh, or aviation combat thing, that was a huge deal to me. So although I didn't have a Fairchild Channel F at the time, this game would have been like, you know, the game for me on this system, you know. And today it it is a really cool game to go and play for a couple of reasons, one of which I'm going to surprise you with. As, As an aviation fan, and you know, a lot of us kids, you know, especially, you know, today, I don't know as much, but growing up in the 70s and 80s, you know, World War II was only, you know, 30, 40 years before, you know, the vets that fought in World War II were just our grandparents who were, were not that old, you know, <laughs> so all this stuff was somewhat accessible. You know, you would talk to people who would tell you about, you know, things as as if we would talk about our high school years, you know, it was that recent. So, yeah, you know, it, it was, uh, uh, I, I think it's a brilliant title and it's one that, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I could be speaking generically here to like, let's say you're a sports fan and they come along with, like, the coolest baseball, like, uh, baseball on the Intellivision, you know? It's like, oh, my God, it's the best, coolest baseball ever of the 80s. A- or RBI baseball on Nintendo, right? I-, I hear sports guys and Tecmo Bowl. Remember, Tecmo, mm. Bowl sold, Tecmo Bowl sold hundreds of thousands of Nintendos that wouldn't have otherwise been sold mm-hmm. to sports fans, you know? So, you know, there are games that appeal to certain... Genres, and I, I would just like to say that I think Spitfire w- was uh, certainly a very successful game and appealing to fans of aviation.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a really good game when it came out. It was the first title released after the initial three launch titles. And what made it so nice is it did have a one player combat mode where you would fight the computer. You know, you'd fly the Blue Max, the computer would be the Red Baron. And what was pretty neat is. As your score got higher, you would see the flying tactics start to change on the Red Baron, the computer player.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, (laughs) I was just sitting there. I guess I have it running on my uh, fairchild right next to me. As I look at it, you know what the Blue Max actually looks like? A GB Racer. You ever seen one of those? Oh, yes, it does. (laughs) It looks just like a GB Racer. But, um, you know, I tell you something. um, You know, we're talking about the tactics and all. It's almost like they got a little smarter. You know with the uh, the uh, tank combat game, how you can sit there and just... Or like Shooting Gal, you can pick a spot and you can just keep nailing the shot so as soon as the other player spawns, boom, he's taken out, right? Right. And you're pretty much just never going to change that gameplay. This game, when it begins, you both start heading at each other, but you can't shoot until you veer off and get into the game. So it prevents that... You know that initial uh, snipe shot of just bam bam bam. Okay, you know I killed you before we even played the game. <laughs> so I think they got a little smarter about the games. You know, I, I'm not quite sure what's up with the pink sky though. That's a little little odd choice. You know. Well, I think that your your whatever
0: you got it on, it's it's gray.
1: Well, I tell you what. This one thing about the channel app is it loves to overdrive the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you remember though, this is the one I the TV I've got it on. Is on uh, uh, RCA XL 100, which is regarded as one of the the better two TVs of the era. Right? Remember, like those Curtis Mathis floor models, where the colors were just cartoonish. Yes. Like you watch Dukes of Hazard. Generally, Lee would be like blue. Yeah. And you know, yeah. So if you remember, you know, the uh, <clears throat> Magnavox TVs, you know, those things as well had that comical cartoon color scheme, and. You know, it, it, when you look at it, it it's, it's funny, too, to, to discuss it with some of the TV aficionados. who are like, well, the tube type, those are glorious, they're beautiful, they're great. I said, no, have you ever seen a 4K TV compared to a Magnavox where the general, you know, leaves? on. <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, so the, the Fairchild Channel F, I think, built to that standard. And, you know, it does tend to belt out some excess colors. Yes, it does. <laughs> but, you know, that was the... Era, man. That was the era. You know, that's what it was like. We didn't have, you know, 4K, you know, Wall vision TVs. You know, we, we had a 19-inch Magnavox that turned the General Lee blue. <laughs> <laughs> How is this only like the 70s? Think about it, man. That wasn't that long ago. We had freaking, you know, blue General Lee's and pink skies. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <this is> crap.
0: <laughs> Well, what's neat about the game screen is you do have, you know, like you just described, you have your two planes facing each other on the ground and you have a simulated control tower right in between that the two planes can run through and chop off the bottom half of it. But, you know, no big deal there.
1: Crash into it. Crash
0: into it. Does have four different play modes. You actually change the speed of the planes from slow with at number one up to fast at number four. I find playing it at mode number four, the fast mode, is a lot more fun than the slow one.
1: Well, yeah, it's kind of like Miss Pac-Man, right? Mm-hmm. When you or Pac-Man, when you get the speed version, mm-hmm. that you know, made it, it, you know. I'm not a great Pac-Man player, mind you, so I I kind of do to do any good. But um, if you play a Pac-Man that has the speed pack in it, you can feel the difference. You know, you're winging around the maze and all it's still playable by all means oh, yeah. uh but it does uh, up the skill level and it does more than it ups the skill level it ups the excitement level
0: oh yeah very much so
1: but it's still good to have that you know that spectrum of uh speeds there to oh, yeah. you know to get the beginners in and all that um i tell you what i you know when the game begins pop real quick you know roll and just coming down on like a vertical stripe Yep. and just you know raking the uh, the guy and and you'll always end up above them you know if you, if you do it right and just light him up you know of course when you're playing against somebody that strategy comes out the window the the if you play against somebody who knows what they're doing they'll get sort of a uh, like a figure eight pattern or something set up where they're just never in the same spot twice you know yes and, and uh, all they have to do is survive longer than you do and <laughs> they win. Well, either that they,
0: or that you take advantage of one of the uh, uh, program glitches in in the game where you can fly off the edge of the screen and stay in there like you're inside of a cloud.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I find it's easier to do that for some reason on the left hand side of the screen. Yes, where you get off of that, and then it's like, and and you almost discover it immediately by accident. It's like, hey, I'm oh. Oh, they don't know where I am. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Remember the first time That's I did it, my dad before. was flying around the screen going, hey, where'd you go? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Of course, you know, one of the things that uh, my brother and I used to do to make the game a little bit more challenging is we would get a little piece of white uh, paper or something like that and cut a cloud out and tape it to the screen in the middle. So we have an actual cloud to fly into. <laughs> Similar we like see that. On the Odyssey One, those overlays, we made our own
1: overlay for Speedfire. Yeah. Make your own overlays, kind of like a time pilot almost.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just put a little uh, cloud there in the middle of the screen, off to the side, have an actual cloud you can fly into, and come out on the, come out at a different position. Add a little bit more to the game doing that.
1: I can see that, it, and also it would add uh, a sense of uh, speed by having a relative position to judge things by.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you notice, the only sound in this game. Is the the plane spiraling down to the ground? There's no machine gun fire. There's no drone of engines or anything. It's a completely silent game until you shoot one of the planes down. So you tend to find yourself. At least I did when I was younger. Is I would make machine gun sounds, you know, as I was firing
1: and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, speaking of sounds. Okay, so I got something. I, I made a comparison. I want you to check this out live on the air. And tell me if this isn't a a very interesting dink. If not, possibly, you could almost say this is a port of another game. So I'm going to send this over to you. This one, I think, has the best sound capture of any of the... Uh... Oh, Steam Benway. Now, while you're watching this, pay attention to several things, okay? Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the sound as different events happen. And pay attention to the to the behavior of the game. When you shoot the enemy or the enemy shoots you, what happens? The way that they sort of, you know, spin away and 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 reset and uh uh the sound, especially as those things happen, just pay real attention to that. Okay. All right. Now for our listeners, what I just sent William was a YouTube video of somebody playing, you know, Spitfire on the Channel F, okay. The Steve Binway. Yeah. So you you you've seen. You know, you just have a fresh picture of the sound, the action when you shoot the enemy, you know, all that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, check this out and listen to the sound. Watch what happens when you shoot the enemy, okay? It sounds a little bit similar. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's computer space. Yeah, so for our listeners, what I just sent over to William is a uh, video of computer space, the first. Commercially produced coin operated arcade game in which a lot of the same, you know, and this is arguably, you know, the first video game the public ever got to play and it has a lot of similarities. The sounds are very, very similar. And a lot of the actions in the game, like, you know, when your ship gets hit, it goes spinning into, you know, sort of a random spin And I just thought, you know, as I was playing Spitfire, I was like, you know, this seems awfully familiar, you know,
0: (laughs) Hey, maybe, uh, Jerry played this game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? I mean, isn't that weird? How, how similar that is.
0: That is very similar.
1: And what do you do? You got, you know, uh, a score kept for each party, you know, you control one of them, uh, in a two player version, of course, the other person flies the UFO, you know, and shoots. Yeah. I just thought that was real interesting that, that, uh that there was that similarity there.
0: When was the first time you actually got to play uh, Spitfire on the Channel F? Do you remember?
1: Oh, uh, years ago when I bought a Channel F, uh, it was whatever year at CGE I picked one up mm-hmm. and then one of the, uh, the carts I got was Spitfire. I don't think it was one of the ones I got initially. It was one I actually took the time to go get cause it was, you know, sort of interesting.
0: Now, did you know about Spitfire before you bought the cartridge, what it was or Did you buy the cartridge and then try it and
1: and find out what it was? I had, you know, obviously not having the system, you know, back in the day. uh, The only thing I really knew about the Channel F at the time was, you know, its historical importance, you know, uh, you know, talking to the designer. And, and, you know, I knew the facts, but I hadn't played the games a lot. Uh, You you know, you have casual exposure to them and you've heard about them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I kind of went from that to having the game to actually play.
0: I first saw it at Montgomery Wards. They had a demo kiosk with the Fairchild Channel F set up, and they had this game running on it. Me and my dad played it for a little bit, and uh, he ended up buying the game and taking it home.
1: <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny? Um, I was just going through the ColecoVision, and licensing is, you know, I, I got a whole bit on this I'm doing on – um on the retro gaming roundup show this month, the hardware flashback se- episode segment. Uh, yeah. I'll be, I'll be doing uh, some de- more detailed discussion of it, but licensing, they got to figure this out, man, because yes. like with the Intellivision, okay, they had D and D that they had to change the name to Minotaur. Right. Yep. But it's the game. And when I, you know, checked out the uh ColecoVision flashback, uh, you know, gorgeous little package, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a nice little fun thing to have. I like the, the, you know, the box art for that kind of thing alone. It's just nice to have. You know, it's a nice collectible to have.
0: Yeah, you you're welcome for that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but as I, you know, was going through it, I'm like looking for my favorites. I'm like, okay, where's mm-hmm. Sub Rock? Yep. Oh, Sub Rock. Okay. Where's Time Pilot? Time Pilot. Okay. What about uh, Donkey Kong? Cuber? Oh, it's not there. And, you know, really. <laughs> What money is there left to be made off of Time Pilot or, you know, and I mean, I understand. Okay, they're, so they're licensed properties, right? But you would think that these companies would generate a modicum of goodwill towards their name by saying, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead and put, you know, Cuber on the collection. There's, there's probably not a lot of ore left to be mined out of the Kubert shaft, you know? You know, we're not going to make a lot of money. And, and certainly, you know, the price point on the thing is $39. If you if we charged you $5 per cubert license and $5 per thing, it would be a $150 game set. No one would buy it. So, hey, you know what? Go ahead and use it. And it's an impossibility. You know, it's it's just... I don't know if it's just the sheer greed or if they won't even have the discussion unless they're getting half of the console value per, you know, each use of... a you know, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it's unfortunate. You know, at least here we don't have like, you know, the aviation companies suing for use of the aircraft likeness, <laughs> which actually some companies have. Oh, my know. gosh. Yeah. Especially like for the models. Like, you know, let's say Monogram makes a model of like the F-4 Phantom. You know, at one point, you know, a company sued them for making a model of the aircraft. Really? You know, I mean, how much oh licensing gosh. is needed, you know? Is it really hurting your brand? Is some Air Force not going to buy the F four because they bought the model instead? Yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, the nice
0: thing about the Fairchild Channel F is majority of the games. I think pretty much all the games are original content.
1: Or I was going to say that's what I was sort of leading up to is exactly what you uh, uh, you know summarize there. The beauty of the Fairchild Channel F is you can get the Fairchild and the multi card. And have the history of the game because not only the original content, the things that they, you know, reference or or invoke, like, say, the Spitfire, the companies aren't suing. The companies don't even know it exists, you know, and most of the companies don't still exist. So let's face it, the German, you know, uh, Air Force that minted the Blue Max uh, <laughs> medal isn't suing, you know, the guy making the multi-cart, you know. Hot tongue! No, don't you put that in there! <laughs> Nine. We have ways of fighting you. This you will not do. <laughs> but, yeah, it, you know, it, it is, um, one thing about the Channel F is refreshing, is that when you get the multi-cart, you got the games, you know. Or, you know, it, which is, you know, the, the, let's face it, they're not going to make a Fairchild, you know, flashback. We need to do well, I mean, you know, there's a the number of systems that just didn't have the distribution or, or, you know, recognize, uh, you know, the the, uh, the ability to be recognized on a shelf by, you know, like whereas you would, I would. I mean, you know, we'd buy pretty much everyone they made. Like if they made a, you know, uh, 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 a baleastricade or, you know, uh, whatever, any of them we're going to buy, right? Mm-hmm. But for the mass public, what do they remember? They remember... You know, Atari, Coleco, and television, and maybe you could argue another one, you know. But, um, no, I think it's uh, it's a good thing, though, that you can actually get a complete set. And, you know, of course, with multi-carts or other systems, the ROMs go on there, and who's to say. But, yeah, given that we'll never see, I think, an official uh, product. You know, it's funny, Fairchild Electronics, I wonder what they even turned into. Well, I think they're still Fairchild Electronics. Ampex, right? Yes. Huge firm. Huge for Ampex, it was a monster, okay? It disappeared off the face of the earth. It's gone, you know? Other companies, you know, uh, uh, the, that are, you know, changed hands. Like, remember uh, Weiss? They made all the data terminals and stuff? Oh, yeah. They just recently went out of business like a year ago. They actually survived doing all kinds of stuff like cloud computing or whatever, you know? It, but, here, yeah, here it is. So, I'm looking at Fairchild's site. Fairchild, I guess, now they're making... Fuel injectors and uh, brake systems, or whatever, you know, they're they're still around, but it, it's hard to remember sometimes which companies are and which companies aren't.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I don't even know who owns license for the Channel F anymore.
1: All right, so you try and find out with Google. You put uh, Fairchild Channel F uh, rights, whatever, and it comes up with the Human Rights Channel on YouTube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah, so I don't think we're
0: gonna find out from a quick, quick. Uh, no, I've been doing some research on. I'm not been able to find it yet.
1: Oh, that's right. They they did sell the rights, obviously, because the, the new company that produced Zircon. It. Duh. I
0: wonder whatever happened to them. Yeah, I don't know. I forgot about
1: Zircon. We know they did mail order for a while. But.
0: Mm-hmm. I think they suffered in the uh, the
1: video game crash. Oh, you bet. Yeah, Because yeah, a- you know,
0: they were. They stopped making Fairchild cartridges with number 26, Alien Invasion, which was the only game that could possibly get a a lawsuit on for Space Invaders. They made some uh, controllers for the Atari 2600 and some other computers. That's about it.
1: I'm sure there's tax records or something. or Oh, yeah. You know, there's got to be something that, you know, the last known owner might be, you know, Ted Zircon, and, you know, that's, uh, that's it. Have you
0: noticed how few channel f's are appearing now on ebay
1: <laughs> yeah
0: not very many of them out there the probably the best method for someone to got here and actually try to play some of the games would be using the uh, mess multi uh system emulator because it'll run the channel f no problem you just have to map a controller to the channel f controller which there's a test bin rom that'll help you do that that you can run well, what do you rate uh, Spitfire? Ooh. Well, go ahead.
1: I rate this. Let me make sure I have my phone in my pocket, <laughs> and we're going to call Zircon and see if they're all still in business <laughs> on a Sunday. Let's <laughs> see a if Sunday. Zircon's. Let's see if Ted Zircon is home on a Sunday.
0: Thank you for calling Land Pro's Communications. Our office hours are from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. We are currently
1: closed, but to leave a message, please press 9. What, what, did you hear that? I didn't hear very
0: well. Land Pros, leading IT solutions for dental offices.
1: <laughs> we should call, you know what we need to do is call during business hours and ask, by the way, are you the same guys? Are you the same guys, <laughs> it's like 6645. Or start, you know, what we should do is have our Fairchild channel efforts start incessantly calling this company, hey, uh, my controller broke. <laughs> oh, dude, no, don't start doing that. Okay, so apparently, now this is interesting if you think about it this way, all right, if the phone numbers were simply turned back into the pool and reused randomly, okay. Mm-hmm. You would think two different phone numbers would end up by two different companies, right? Mm-hmm. Or two different people or whatever. Given that two different phone numbers for Zircon back in the 80s ended up as the still going to one company, you got to wonder, did that company evolve into um, the modern company, right? Yeah. was well, one... I would think you know if there was a company Zircon that made stud finders. I'm just googling the address and seeing what comes up. Don't they also make cheesy jewelry or something? Zircon?
0: That's zirconia.
1: Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't wear jewelry. Uh, let's see here. Uh, maps. Okay, let's take a look at where. Man, they were right down. Uh, where was Zircon? Let's see. They were located. Ah, uh, in San Jose, right out of Sunnyvale, California. Side of the dial-in that uh, got uh, Whopper uh, almost starting uh, World War Two, World War Three. So, yeah, they were just south of uh, San Jose and Campbell. So, yep, yep. up near San Francisco. They were a digital watch
0: company when they bought the rights to Fairchild.
1: You know what? I wonder what's the odds of them actually getting into... The uh, video game market, and then somehow getting out, but still remaining in an electronics firm, and ending up doing um, dental equipment. <laughs> well, I right, land, land Pros, you said what's the name of it? Yeah, Land Pros, as in local area network.
0: Yeah, local area network That's for right. dental offices. <laughs> hey,
1: uh, all right, focus. Guess where they are? Where? campbell california
0: <laughs> it's probably the old company. It's renamed
1: yeah they have a, a phone number holy crap you know what dude i think the name of that street may have changed but i think they might be in the same spot because <laughs> i'm seeing that american legion post 99 mm-hmm. you know what dude check it out i i looked it up on the map right they were down by uh, uh, Dell Avenue, down by the Los Gatos Creek County Park. If you search the address, um, you know, uh, uh, let's see here. I'll, s- Yeah, dude, look, all right, check it out. Uh, I'm going to send it to you in uh, the PM. Here we are, live on the air, running down. What the hell ever happened to those guys? <laughs> <laughs> all right, check this out. This is their address today. And check out the address I just sent you. It's the same exact within a, a, a street. Oh yeah, huh.
0: it could be them, but mm, I don't know.
1: I mean, come on, what's the odds, man? It, it it's within you know, and there's a giant Z on the building. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it's got a a, a a fifteen foot high Z on the building. So, I mean, there's actually a
0: contact email for Zircon International. Which was the name of the original company? They're still in business. Is that on the? Uh, and that's on 1580 Dell Avenue. I think that's who they are. I think it's Zircon International. I think it's L- Alien Pros, because that was the name of the original uh, company, Zircon International.
1: I wonder if there's a there's got to be some kind of connect because I hear I'm looking at it on this Google Street View, and it's a big giant Z on the building. Well, what I'm
0: going yeah. Well, I'm going to send an email to this info at zircon <laughs> And ask. We could,
1: or we could call them up live.
0: Well, they're not open right
1: now. Well, I know that. I mean, during the week when they're open, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's true. Say, hey, who's the crustiest guy that you got that's been there forever? We'd like (laughs) to ask him some questions. Who was
0: there back in 1980? (laughs) (laughs) 77 to 80.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what the odds would be of of that same person still being around. Uh, True. Anyway, get back to Spitfire. (laughs) Well, I just hey man, go on. This is important stuff, man. This is like the history of whatever happened to you know the system. You know, I mean, you know what happened to the company and contact them and say, hey, why don't you guys do a uh, a uh, channel F flashback, man? Come on, yeah. <laughs> I, you remember you know you know you know today you go to an FAQ sheet, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know FAQ uh, on the uh, uh, the the website, it was like FAQ. What's the difference between a System 1 and a System 2? Basic cosmetic changes. System 2 had a detachable hand controller with adjustable sound coming from a television set. Sound comes from the console unit in Channel 1. Question. Can I modify my System 1 to have detachable hand controllers? Answer. No. <laughs> hand controllers, as well as other parts listed, may no longer be purchased. Yet. It's funny because, you know, here it is. Uh, it's basically the internet version of a FAQ page That they would actually print out and mail to people who wrote them asking. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically the internet through mail is what this comes down to. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, let's give them a call during the week and and, and chat them up and see if they'll talk to us. See what they know. Yeah,
0: that'd be kind of funny to do.
1: Who knows? Maybe they have some uh, backroom uh, paperwork or goodies that they'd share.
0: That's true. We never know.
1: You know, we got 20 crates of that jet, We'll give it to whoever comes to get it. (laughs) Focus on Scott. Race across the country to see who can reach it first. (laughs) See, I'm going to get me a big 18-wheeler, and I'm going to find a Trans Am to run in front of me so that he triggers the cops first so that my 18-wheeler doesn't have to slow down. Oh, the chin left and run. Now it's a long way to go. And a, but short, a short time, time to get, get there. But we can do what has been said cannot be done. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Yeah, we still need to go up to the museum a play sometime.
1: We do, I just know if we actually call this, yeah, there's a cold crate of original games or whoever gets here first. <laughs> and you actually have a race across the country.
0: Yeah, we pretty much almost have the same exact starting point.
1: Yeah, you have you're just a slightly... little bit,
0: You're just a little bit farther west than I am, but we're almost straight above, you know, straight up and down, equal on the East Coast.
1: <laughs> now, be interesting is if you take uh, the car and I take the plane, now... You know, you Ooh. can, uh, 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 make up some time where I can go cross country, but you can drive at night. You know what? Let's hope they do have a crate of stuff that <laughs> they're just going to give away to the first person there. Cause this is, this is just too interesting not to be done. If we call up and they're like, we never heard of it. <laughs> I'll be <disappointed>. Dang.
0: <laughs> but so, yeah, the Spitfire was great.
1: Good addition to the system.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's one of my favorite games on there, mainly because, uh. The AI, it was one of the earliest games to have AI you could actually fight. Gave it a lot of replay value. Plus the controls are really simple. You just push forward to dive, pull back to climb, and push, uh, press the uh, joystick button top to uh, fire. It's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, and you know, I um I I do like the the visuals. I mean, when you go spiraling in and hit the control c- tower, there's not a lot of gray area that you were shot down. <laughs> you know, oh, and yeah. b- believe it or not, that the actually is sort of a problem on some of these earlier games. When you hear boop, and it's like, all right, what happened? Did I die or not? <laughs> and you know, well, you know some of those games like where you bump into an obstacle yes. and it goes three root. And it's like, okay, did I lose points? Did I get hurt? Did it, does it not matter? I mean, you know. Yeah, the mines in uh, video card number two, the tank game. <laughs> yeah, okay, good example there, you know. So, yeah, it, it's it's one of those deals where, you know, it's it's understandable what you're doing, which was actually a challenge for early video games. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, they did it all around, a wonderful job on Spitfire and, um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to find out what happened to those guys.
0: Oh, yeah. Now, the next cartridge we're going to cover is video cart number five, Space War. And we also are trying to organize a interview with Mr. Nick Tellsfor who uh, did all the hardware design for the Chen Lev. So I hope and we'll have a special episode with him uh, coming soon.
1: Yeah, he's going to be fun to talk to, you know, get, you know, you know, because I've talked, you know, with you know, uh, Jerry and all, and, and and to get some of the other folks involved, and, you know, the fact that he's actively still working in industrial design, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he's still, and that's, that's see, as we get older, you know, into, you know, as you go back further in video game history, like, you know, Ted is most assuredly, you know, Ted Dabney, the guy who co-designed computer space, most mm-hmm. assuredly retired, you know. Al Alcorn, eh, he still dabbles because he likes it, but, you know, uh, at some point, you know, Jack Tramiel, right? He just went quiet, you know, uh, and never, didn't talk to anybody. And he was hard retired. Like, he was like, I'm not even coming out to talk about, you know, Commodore. So there's a lot of uh, history, you know, that that is going to become less and less accessible. So the fact that, you know, one of the Channel F designers is still actively employed is 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 good, you know, and is still working, you know, Uh because some of these guys, when they no longer work in the industry, they're like, oh, I hadn't done that in 20 years. Well, would you talk about what you did? Oh, I don't remember much. <laughs> okay. And that's what you get, you know? Oh, so yeah, yeah it's, but it's going to be real. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk to that guy. So I'm in. Awesome.
0: Well, any uh, words of wisdom before we sign off? Go after yourself. Don't stuff.
1: mix <laughs> bleach and ammonia. <laughs> that's a very good tip.
0: Awesome. <laughs> But if you have anything Fairchild related you'd like to share, you can reach us at our new email address, thechannelffiles at gmail.com. Or you can go to our Facebook page, The F Files, and make posts on there talking about your favorite Fairchild memories or anything else you'd like to share with the podcast. So again, thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back soon with uh, another video cart. of channel f material
1: who will get there first scott taking the plane willie driving the car it's a race from the coast to the coast join us for the effin race